0: Mission sequence start, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you've got ideas for future episodes, please contact us. There are two easy ways to do so. You can email us, Ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet at us, at SFDiocese, and use the hashtag Ignition. Today, uh, I've got a guest, not in studio with me, but by phone from way down south in Omaha, Nebraska. Deacon James Keating is on the phone with me today. How are you, Deacon Jim?
1: Very good. Good to be with you, Chris. Thanks.
0: Happy to have you. Would you mind if, if you know, the odd chance that there's somebody listening who's never heard of the esteemed Deacon Keating, could you introduce yourself a little bit for our listeners?
1: Wow, okay. Thanks. Yeah, I'm uh, a director of theological formation at the Institute for Priestly Formation at Creighton University, which means I'm sort of the staff theologian for the, the Institute and the mission of the Institute, which, by the way, is celebrating its 25th anniversary Hello. this year, is to minister to the interior lives of diocesan priests, and we do that through publications and through retreats and through certificate training programs in spiritual direction, and then we run a rather large summer program here on the campus of Creighton for diocesan seminarians and um, to foster their interior life as well. And then I'm the director of deacon formation for the Archdiocese of Omaha and married to Marianne, and I have four children.
0: And you originally, you're not really from the Midwest, though, are you? No, I'm New York. I was born in New York. But the accent is kind of, it's faded over time.
1: Yeah, it's faded. My wife still has it. She's got a really strong accent. When you meet her, people go, "Whoa, we know where you're from." But I don't know. When I was a young lad, I studied uh, theater, so they might have knocked it out of my head. Right, New York
0: stuff. (laughs) There we go. So um, you said you're you're the staff theologian for IPF, for the Institute for Priestly Formation, which, which by the way, if you're listening and you're from the Diocese of Sioux Falls, um, many of our priests have, have uh, experienced the 30-day retreat as seminarians or as priests that IPF puts on. Many of our priests have likewise been trained as spiritual directors by the Institute for Priestly Formation. So it's a great gift and service that I... I know, Deacon Jim, you've offered to the the IPF offers to um, the priests of our diocese and many other dioceses around the country. But uh, your role there as the sort of the the staff theologian gives you the opportunity to do a number of writing projects, articles, and in, in various journals, popular and 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 more technical, um, and and a book from time to time. Um, number of books that you've written or edited on uh, the life of the. Uh, um, the deacon, deacon spirituality, but also some for quote unquote normal people. That is the average lay Catholic. Um, I just out of curiosity, before we talk about one of those books, um, what is it that really animates you in your writing work in general? What is it that, that drives you like I want to write this, whatever it is, like what's the overarching thing that Deacon Keating wants to hear people to know and, and learn?
1: Yeah, I think the, uh, when you look at society today, Western culture, I think when you listen to what you, what you said rightfully, the quote unquote normal person in the street, whether that person is someone you actually know or someone you hear on radio or television or through podcast or on political commentary or through economic commentary, there's a lot of alienation from the supernatural. There's a lot of alienation from the spiritual. And so, what really animates me is to say, wow, so many people are trying to derive meaning from what St. Paul calls this passing age. And it ain't working. Mm-hmm. There's just a, you know, you get to a certain level of success or a certain level of uh, satisfaction with natural things. Like, you know, how many times can you play tennis? Uh, how many times can you go on a trip? How many times can you go to your favorite restaurant before it's not a restaurant that you favor anymore? I mean, we just get weary of the world. And for those who are weary of the world, a lot of times they don't know what to do after that. And uh, that's where a lot of addictions begin, I think, uh, because of the pain of being wearied of the world. And there's no real direction on what to do with that weariness. So then people try to medicate it. And they'll, you know... Uh, watch Netflix for a whole weekend, or they'll uh, drink alcohol, or they'll eat, or they'll maybe overexercise, or maybe they'll get so interested in themselves, they become, you know, egomaniacs and bore all the rest of us with talking about themselves. (laughs) But they're just trying to do, do away with the pain, the pain that this world is not enough for us. So listening to that pain animates me to invite people into the spiritual, into the depths of the transcendent and the supernatural.
0: We, what you're saying there reminds just recently I was listening to a lecture by an American priest, a Dominican friar, Father uh, Thomas Joseph White, uh, O.P., again, he's a Dominican, and, and he was making this comment, it was about the Catholic intellectual life, but he made a comment in regard to, or in answering a question about how the issue today, it's not only secularism, but it's also superficialism. And and when as you were speaking there about world weariness, that's that's really that 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 reminded me of his comment about how um, like so so much of our ordinary existence in our culture is really superficial and it's insufficient to root us. You use the word depth. I mean, there's not enough depth in what the world is offering us, and so we either self we self medicate or we get taken up by various ideologies or all sorts of ideas, looking for something that roots us more deeply in something that matters.
1: Right, and I think the superficiality, you know, the great symbol of superficiality today is the the internet on certain levels of it, and then the, uh, the famous selfie, the selfie. Um, there's this one particular person who blogs all the time, or is on podcasts, or is on Facebook, and um, Every time I see this person, I, I want to say uh, I'm going to say a prayer for you because it's always a picture of this person. Mm. She's <clears throat> selfieing herself, if that's the right way to say it. You're right. But it's always about her, and it's it's not. A, it can't. It has to be boring for her because we know it's all boring for us. And so this whole uh, obsession with. Uh, being famous. I saw this great thing the other day. Someone said, in the future, you know, to, 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 doing a riff on the famous thing about in the future, we'll all be famous for 15 minutes. This one said, in the future, we'll all want to be anonymous for 15 minutes. <laughs> Amen. And that was like, well, that's perfect. That's exactly where we all, we've all gotten to. It's like, yeah, it stop the self promotion and the superficiality around the self promotion. And so I think people, they, they, by our nature, we get tired of that, but then we get lost because there's no real good direction as to how to get out of it. And once we're out of it, where do we go? And of course, the church has what many people would say is a um, a boring answer to that question. Okay, I've gone, I've extended and exhausted my self-interest. What do I do now? And the Catholic Church would simply say, worship, mm. go to mass. Go to Mass. Well, Mass, Mass was the reason I got bored to begin with. You know, I (laughs) left the church because it was so boring. And now you're saying that that Mass is now the antidote to my own self-involvement? Well, yeah, it always was and always will be. But let's re-enter the Mass in a new way now so you can be healed.
0: Amen. Amen. So we'll get into that more, but I, w- I want to b- bring up here um, the the new book that you've written that IPF has published. Um, Institute, that's the Institute for Priestly Formation, Abiding in Christ, Staying with God in a Busy World. So is this book, this is speaking to what exactly you've just been talking about, right?
1: Right, and you can see it's a tiny little book because I wanted people to actually buy it and maybe bring it into church with them and sit there with the Blessed Sacrament and read it. Um, it's very hard to get people to read books on spirituality and theology today. So we wanted a nice little friendly book that uh, would just simply ignite um, longing for God and then leave you with God. So the book is not really the point. The point is, as you're thinking as you're reading the book to allow your heart to open to enter a conversation with God.
0: Um, so as a way into this, connecting the dots with what we were just saying, why would I do this? Somebody's listening to this, and we've just been talking about the the world weariness, self-medicating, egotism, and so on, and and you were saying the mass is the key, the mass is the antidote, uh, and, and now we're saying turning to Christ and being with God. Is that really, I mean, we're very cynical. Like, really, Deacon yeah. Keating, that that's really the answer?
1: Yeah, and unfortunately for the cynic, the bad news is, yeah, that's really the answer. <laughs> I mean, there is, there is really nothing else in the world, and that's why we've exhausted all these other false, uh, uh, artificially consoling idols, because we're just so mad that the world is so ordinary. Mm. And uh, there's nothing more than the ordinary. The ordinary is it, folks, and that's what God, I think, was trying to tell us when... In the flesh, as Jesus, he said, this is my body, this is my blood, and that's it, folks. Um, the things of the earth, 24-hour days, love, being faithful to your husband or your wife, raising kids, and trying to provide and protect them, yeah, that's it. That's, that's life. And, um, oh, and then also what keeps you really um, uh, peaceful at being human, you know, worship me. Uh, go outside of yourself and stay connected to the transcendent in some way. And uh, that's an inherently disappointing answer because uh, we are uh, raised on halftime shows at Super Bowls and we keep thinking the answer has got to be escalated emotional involvement when um, that's a lie. Escalated emotional involvement is just a uh, proof that we are dissatisfied with ourselves and that everything is boring. We are a boring and bored culture. And that's why we just keep repeating the same things over and over again, like the old slogan says, and expecting a different result. There there is no different result. Um, You keep repeating the same escapist mechanisms that you're in now, and when when all those things are over, you'll still be sad, you'll still be mad, you'll still be lonely. Uh, It didn't work. It didn't help. And the only place to go is not searching for some type of extravagant emotional release, but it's allowing your heart to open deep enough, long enough, so that Holy Communion begins to define what satisfies you. What satisfies you? Holy Communion. If I suffer the opening of my heart deep enough, I will no longer look for the idols And for the false escapist emotional shows, if I'm vulnerable to the depths, it will be holy communion that satisfies me. And of course, God knew that. And that's why he gifted us with his body and blood and the worship at the Mass.
0: So I'm reminded there about—I think it's at the—G.K. Chesterton, one of his books, either The Everlasting Man, which is about Jesus, or Orthodoxy. He starts uh, the book by talking about this, this, this Englishman who, who sailed out to find a new land, and he sailed and sailed for days and uh, f- came across uh, uh, a new country, strange buildings, and, 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 and sailed up this river and, and planted the, uh, the Union Jack and, and claimed this land for England and somebody looked at him and said uh, you're in London mate so he he re-entered um, his homeland but with a new vision and it was completely different so how do we do that? With Yeah, so many Catholics have grown up. Uh, many Christians have grown up going to mass, going to their service. And yeah, it's boring. I mean, we hear that all the time from kid, not only kids, but adults as well. Um, and daily life is boring. And yet you're saying that, in fact, the key is not to look elsewhere, not to go uh, become a retreat junkie or a conference junkie, um, but rather to re-enter ordinary life, including the plain old ordinary mass, Uh, in a new way and there we will find what we've been looking for.
1: Yeah, I would almost say, you know, let the boredom break you. Suffer the boredom deep enough until you're broken by it. And then what opens up inside that is the offer of salvation. Instead of us trying to immediately feel the first inkling of boredom needs to be medicated by escapist behavior, Let the boredom overtake you, the emptiness of it. Uh, As you're experiencing the suffering of the boredom, begin the dialogue with your voice outreaching to God. Are you there? Who are you? Who am I? Begin to ask God to come in to this empty space called American popular culture and political culture and fill it with substance, the substance of his own self-donative love, which he left us on every street corner in the Catholic Church, where you can actually receive this living God if you just go to a quiet 8 a.m. daily Mass and receive this Holy Communion. When you've been exhausted by this boredom, uh, it's, it's time to sit and suffer it rather than escape it. You mentioned Chesterton, one of the things Chesterton also said was, when a man stops believing in God, he doesn't believe in nothing, Mm -hmm. he believes in anything, and that's that void that we're trying to fill. It's not like, hey, I'm going to stop believing in God, I'm going to believe in nothing. It's impossible for a human being to believe in nothing. We are going to fill that void with idolatry of some form, and that idolatry a lot of times becomes almost a, a naivete. Uh, believing strange teachings, you know. People go off to try and uh, rediscover their, their ancient Celtic religious path. Right. Uh, because they they got to fill it with something. Some pagan expression of meaning, but through nature or whatever. So it's not a matter of I reject you, God, now I'll be free. It's I reject you, God, and now I'll wander the earth uh, in pagan uh, uh, worship uh, of a false god. It's That's what we do. So it Don't leave the boredom too soon. Suffer the emptiness of the ordinary so that he can suffuse it with his presence in deep prayer.
0: If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition, a broadcast for the New Evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and on the phone with me today is Deacon James Keating out of Omaha, Nebraska, with the Institute for Priestly Formation and the Archdiocese of Omaha, and we're talking about um, his book, newish book, Abiding in Christ, and about the reality of how we re-engage with our everyday world, but in a way where we are really deeply satisfied, not so much by it, but by God who we encounter there, especially in Mass and Holy Communion. Uh, one thing, Deacon Jim, that you've been talking about is receiving our Lord, receiving God, receiving Jesus in Holy Communion, but you also talked about uh, worship. And and I think sometimes it's, it's, well, speaking for myself, it's been easy for me at times in my life to see Mass as primarily about what I get out of it, that is the Eucharist, God himself, But I neglect the fact that this is also about what I am giving to God, ideally, that is my worship, myself, my praise, my adoration. You've you've spoken about that reality, the need to worship, and how we worship something. Um, If it's not God, it's something else. Um, Can you speak more to that?
1: Yeah, that's the the great uh, line, you know, that people will say, I get nothing out of it. But notice the disposition there. The disposition is already kind of confirming what we're talking about. Well, if you're trying to get something out of it, it must mean that you're entering the church building empty. Mm. You're in a sense of um, of search. You're searching. What do you mean you're not getting anything out of it? Are you saying that you're entering worship um, sort of empty and a hole that needs to be filled? Is, and, of course, what it, because we're Americans, the only... Possible way that hole can be filled is through emotional agitation and entertainment. So the mass is not emotionally agitating, nor is it entertainment. And so we, we run up against something very strange here. It looks like it should be a play. There's a stage there, and people are dressed in costumes. And if there's music, it looks like it should be entertaining me. It's not entertaining me. Uh, this is a boring play. I'm going to go to another play, another form of entertainment. And that's uh, just indicative of our disposition in the culture as a whole. Give me stuff to fill the hole. And worship says, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not playing that game. I'm not giving you stuff to fill the hole. You come in here and you receive already the gift that has been given already. Meditate, contemplate on it. And then in response to the beauty of it, You give yourself, if you want um, the satisfaction that is hidden deep within worship, it's this satisfaction of the realization of a gift given that I am now responding to in the company of other people who have seen and received and noticed this gift, namely the gift of Christ the Savior, being given to us. And so the satisfaction of worship is in the rhythm of receiving and giving. It's not entertainment. It's not emotionally satisfying all the time. It just is rooting the human in the real. And to root the human in the real, ultimately, over time, as the popular American uh, entertainment and political culture is exercised out of you, rooting yourself in the real is ultimately satisfying and will leave you with the deepest of peace.
0: And with that last thing, so um, maybe the, 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 the mild cynic, the mild skeptic that's in many of us says, uh, says who? So can you speak to your own experience of this? How, have, how how has this been borne out in your own life, Deacon Jim?
1: Well, because I've, I've gone through all the stages of being an American. Some of you write a book on that, you know, like the stages of being an American and then at one point you jettison it and you realize it was not fulfilling at all. But a better witness than me, of course, are the saints. I mean, if you don't believe what I'm saying, read the lives of the saints. Mm. This, um, this being rooted in the real was so real that a great many saints allowed themselves to be killed for it. Now you don't need uh, a conversion story from Jim Keating. You need to sit in the very depths of the lives of the saints for a while and say, "How could how could this be? How could it possibly be that someone thought dying?" was the fulfillment of their life of faith in Jesus rather than continuing their walk on this planet, continuing their walk in this, you know, superficial culture. They thought, no, I don't want to protect this life so that I can live in this superficial culture anymore. I want to continue doing what I'm doing in the Mass every day. I want to keep offering this life to what has already been offered to me holy communion with the Trinity itself. And so if you're asking me to uh, be unfaithful to this uh, rhythm that I'm in of giving and receiving in the very midst of the Mass by saying you will have to now denounce the mystery of Jesus and choose what? The popular American political and economic and entertainment culture, rather than staying in this giving and receiving of divine life? No way. I choose to keep giving myself. If you want, kill me. That's the best example of what happens to uh, people who stay at the Mass and the, and draw their meaning from the Mass. The Mass is it, its a jujitsu move by God. Hmm. He takes the entertainment popular in political culture and just throws it on its back and then reveals... The the real meaning of life in the ordinariness, through the symbols, the ordinary symbols of bread and wine and priest and prayer that hidden within these things is what your heart has been looking for its whole life. And why don't you just stay there now and keep receiving it?
0: Deacon Jim, we got about four minutes left. I want to talk about if people are interested in the book where they can get it. But just the time we have left, any anything else that you, when you think of what your own experience as a deacon, as a theologian, as a husband, as a father of of uh, people struggling in this wasteland of our culture, um, seeking to turn to faith, to the church, to God. Um, seeking to live through, suffer the boredom, he's been saying, um, and anything else that you can recommend to us about how to live this way?
1: S- stay with those who have also suffered the boredom and seeing that inside the boredom is not emptiness, but this fullness of communion, this fullness of relationship. In other words, stay with the church, stay with fellowship. Find those Christian friends who are now alive and joyful and have great senses of humor because they see the world as what it is, something to hold lightly, and they cling to the substance of what should never be let let go of, and that is our relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Find those people, befriend them, and enjoy the hell out of life.
0: <laughs> um... Okay, is the, it's okay. on the one hand, it's, it's that simple, and yet, oh, come on. Like, again, the cynic, the skeptic, that's all you have to right. do.
1: The cynic needs to be healed. See, that you keep going back to the cynic, rightfully so. The cynic is basically an idealist who grieved hmm. when he or she found out that the world wasn't as perfect as she thought it was, but they never brought that grief to Jesus Christ. And so they're they're cynical only because their cynicism hasn't been healed. A cynic is just an idealist who ran into, um, you know, the limits of life, and they don't know what to do with their grief. So if there's a cynic listening, I would say, I understand your grief. The world is not inherently satisfying, but now you must grieve with the one who is. Bring your grief to Jesus Christ in the depths of prayer with a good priest or a good spiritual director, and your grief will be healed.
0: So the thing that the cynic as the idealist longed for, wanted, desired, sought, and then didn't find and fell into skepticism and cynicism can still be attained in God himself, because it is God himself.
1: That's what he was looking for. It's the really old country song. You were looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, what what if we're looking for the booklet Abiding in Christ? Where are the right places to look for this this little book that you are inviting us to to sit with, to right. pray with?
1: Yeah, the, our our website here at the Institute. And you can, you want to look at the website, too, just to look at our mission, uh, priestly uh, priestlyformation.org org and then there's a, a little tab there that says Resources, and you can find books there. It's called IPF Publications. And then you can go to Amazon. It's on Amazon. Just type my name, James Keating, and it should be there. It should pop up.
0: There's all sorts of Catholic theologians with the last name Keating, so make sure you're looking for James Keating, right? You're, are you the only James Keating out there anyway? <laughs>
1: No, there happens to be another one with the exact same name. Yeah, Uh, My middle name's Francis. His name is Francis James Francis Keating. He is a great theologian at Providence College in Rhode Island. Um, So usually when he publishes, he publishes James F. Keating, and I publish just James Keating. James Keating, Keating. there we go. one day and had a detente. There we go.
0: (laughs) There we go. Thank you so much for being with us today, Deacon Keating.
1: Sure, thank
0: you, Chris. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. Um, So, folks, if you're listening to that, um, re-listen to the episode if you want. It's available in our archives. Take what Deacon Jim is saying to heart. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org or tweet at us at SFDiocese and use the hashtag Ignition with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for, for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.